Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. Dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God 
the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured to seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Verses 1 through 40, all of Hebrews chapter 11. Father, we thank you once again for your precious, powerful, and mighty word. Thank you for the grace, the anointing, the mercy that rests upon your word. Thank you for the power that permeates your word as well. Father, more and more with every passing day, help us to fall more in love with you and with your word and empower us to be believers that are wise enough that we daily fill our hearts, our minds with your word and that we walk in continual trust in your precious and powerful word as well. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our producer is Rick Roberts, and Rick is going to lead us in a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful that we can come to you today, and your word tells us that many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in you, loving kindness shall surround him. What a hope we have today. No matter the chaos that, that swirls around us, you surround us, Father. You are our shield, you are our hope, you are our defender. You're our Redeemer. You're all we ever need, Father. You're the light in our lives. We rejoice in you today. We lift high your name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. We appreciate you. And thank you for your ongoing prayers. We're continuing to remind you that our Fall share is coming up in just a few weeks, and we're in the process of gathering stories and testimonials to play during our Fall share and we're hoping to hear from you. If we'd like to hear your AFR story, it could be a blessing and encouragement to others and tell us how Christ has used AFR in your life. Please call and share for a minute or two, and you might hear yourself during our Fall share The number to call is 1-877-876-8893. Again, that's one 
877-876-8893. We really hope that we will hear from you. And again, if you'll share simply how the Lord is reaching through AFR, blessing you, edifying you, and encouraging you, we really do want to hear from you. And if you'll tell them how this particular broadcast has helped or encouraged you or any other broadcast, again, we're hoping to hear from you. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. And today we're specifically looking at the topic, living a life of great expectation. Again, living a life of great expectation. And a part of what we'll be talking about is one of the key messages and themes of the chapter we just read, Hebrews chapter 11, which may sometimes be referred to as the faith chapter or the hall of fame of faith. But notice specifically Verse 6 is a very important verse for every believer in all the world to grasp very clearly what God is telling us. Of course, all of the Word of God is very, very important. In particular, verse 6 is one that we really need to grasp and comprehend. Verse 6 specifically tells us, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, reading Hebrews 11, 6, one more time, listen again. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So no matter what else you do, if you don't walk in faith and function in faith as a believer, the word of God lets us know that it's impossible to please God. So amongst other things, a truth that you and I need to be mindful of is that As believers, we're wise to stay in the school of faith all our life and never graduate. Why? Because our goal is to always and continually please and honor the Lord. But if we're not functioning in faith, that's just not going to happen. So it's so important for us to daily be learning more effectively how to put our faith to work, to function and do all that we do in faith, and to learn how to grow in faith as well. So as we're looking at this topic again, Uh, Again, specifically, living a life of great expectation. Remember, faith and hope are very, very closely connected. Faith is trust and confidence in the Word of God. And hope is expectation that God is going to keep His Word. So faith and hope are closely tied together. And so putting your faith to work every day is very, very important. We need to act like God's Word really is true. And how tragic it is that too often as believers, sometimes we may read the Word of God, but fail to really act on the Word of God, fail to really act like we believe that God is going to keep His Word. No one is more trustworthy than our Heavenly Father. The fact is, in in our humanness, we may say something and not, for whatever reason, not be able to follow through and do what we said. But God always keeps His Word. But an important ingredient, a part of our life as believers is we're to stand on the Word of God. And we're to act like we believe God's word is true. So learning to put our faith to work every day is very, very important. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it tells us also, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Whether you're victorious or whether you're defeated in life, time and time again is directly connected to your putting your faith in God to work in your life. So if one was to ask you the question, well, do you want to live a victorious Christian life or a defeated Christian life? Well, that's not not a hard question to answer. Everyone wants to live in victory. Well, in order to do that, it's critical that we're learning to put our faith to work. Psalm 23 is one of the 
uh, most favorite passages in all of the Word of God. I'm going to take a moment to share Psalm 23, but I want you to keep in mind, amongst other things, Psalm 23 is a tremendous faith-building passage of Scripture. Psalm 23, beginning at verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Verses 1 through 6, all of Psalm 23. Now again, as I mentioned, it's one of the most favorite passages in all of the Word of God all over the world. But also keep in mind, it's a powerful weapon. Psalm 23 is a powerful weapon to put your faith to work. You and I are wise to memorize Psalm 23 and to confess and speak it many times throughout the day, reminding God, God, I'm standing on your word and speaking Psalm 23 with all the promises found there and reminding God that you're believing and believing that he's going to keep his word. Now, keep in mind, the fact is, it's important to understand, too, that uh, when you stand on the Word of God and remind God that you're standing on His Word, not only is that not disrespectful, it's very respectful and honoring to God because God appreciates it when we genuinely put our faith to work. So let's make it a goal to do that every single day. With all the challenges in life, we need to be putting our faith to work in every challenge, every circumstance of our life. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we today look at the topic, Living a Life of Great Expectation. We'll be right back.
Music from Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life and eternal salvation. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession, where today we're looking at the topic, living a life of great expectation. And a very important part of the life of every believer is that we learn how to put our faith to work every single day. And remember, this is not just a nice topic for us to talk about. It's very practical from this standpoint. All of us face challenges, difficulties, and problems every single day. And whether we're victorious or whether we're defeated is direct, directly connected to our knowing how to put our faith to work. So it's important then. You know, sadly, we live in a world where many people, obviously people in the world, live in fear continually. Fear because they have no basis for trusting God. But sadly, too often you have even believers who will live fearful lives as well, fearful of uh, the economy, feel fearful, of, fearful of danger that may be lurking in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our world. Well, the fact is, the Lord doesn't want us to live in fear. In fact, time and time again, many times in the Word of God, God clearly tells us, He commands us, fear not. Why? Because we have a big God that's bigger than all the challenges, the difficulties, the trials, and the troubles in all of our lives. You know, pretty regularly, I encourage believers to set a goal of reading, uh, of praying Psalm 91 every single day. It's a good psalm to pray daily as well as to read daily. And I would encourage you, if you're not praying Psalm 91 daily, one of the reasons why it's such an important uh, prayer, a wise prayer to pray every day is because we live in a dangerous, crazy world. And the fact is, there's so many things going on in this dangerous, crazy world, but the fact is, God is more than able to protect us no matter what's going on in this world. So my encouragement to you is daily read Psalm 91 and daily take time to pray it, fully expecting that God is going to keep his word as you pray. We're going to take a moment now to pray Psalm 91. Father, thank you, Lord, for all of those we've lifted up today and all of our listeners today. Today we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and so we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, you are our refuge and our fortress. Our God in you do we trust. Surely you deliver us from the fowler snare and from the noisome pestilence. You cover us with your feathers and under your wings do we trust. Your truth is our shield and buckler. And so we are not afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday, a thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it shall not come near us. Only with our eyes shall we look and see the reward of the wicked. Because we have made the Lord our refuge, even the most high habitation, no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you give your angels charge over us to keep us all our ways. They bear us up in their hands, lest we dash a foot against a stone. We tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. We trample underfoot. Because we have set our love upon you, therefore you deliver us. You set us on high because we have known your name. We call upon you and you answer us. You are with us in trouble. You deliver us and honor us. With long life you satisfy us and show us your salvation. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, a wise prayer to pray every single day. And keep in mind, if you don't have a copy and would like to get a copy of a prayer based on Psalm 91, simply email us, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We're glad to email a copy. And again, our encouragement to you is that 
You pray it every day. And parents, we would encourage you to teach and train your children to pray it every single day because remember, God may very well use that prayer as you pray it and stand on it daily to save your life or the life of your family or loved ones one day. So praying it daily is just a wise thing to do. So as we continue to look at the topic, living a life of great expectation, 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a very well-known passage in the Word of God. In fact, this story, the story of David and Goliath, is one of the most famous stories in all of the Bible, all over the world as well. But it's a a great story with many important practical faith lessons in it. And so keep in mind, as you, as I re- I'm going to take time to read through 1 Samuel chapter 17, but keep in mind, it's not just a nice and challenging and interesting story to read. Every faith lesson is one that's important for us to grasp, to understand, and to seek to put to work in our lives. David believed God for something big when the whole Israelite army, including King Saul, failed, even though they were the people of God, failed to trust God in. So I want you to listen to the powerful story looking for the great and very important and powerful faith lessons found within it. 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered in Etz, and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. And they encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of that Ephrathite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons. The man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days morning and evening. 
Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For this, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has struck, excuse me, your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord, who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, he also clothed him with a coat of mail. 
David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you your Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of its sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shearim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. Verses 1 through 54, 1 Samuel chapter 17. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession, as today we're looking at the topic, Living a Life of Great Expectation. We'll be right back.
from the group Mosaic, a song simply entitled Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Living a Life of Great Expectation, and we've been reading from 1 Samuel chapter 17. That's a great chapter to read often because, amongst other things, it has great lessons, great encouragement to our faith as we learn to live in such a way that we genuinely expect God to keep his word. Note, in this very powerful chapter, we see that Saul is afraid of Goliath. The whole Israelite army is afraid of Goliath. But David had great faith, great expectation that his God would not only help him, but would help him to prevail and win over this Philistine. David fully expected to defeat Goliath. It didn't appear that anyone else expected it. None of the Israelite soldiers or Saul, but David fully expected that God would help him. So David was functioning with great expectation of God's grace. And, you know, just as Psalm, the end of Psalm 23 tells us, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As David penned Psalm 23, it appears that's exactly how what he's doing in this situation. He's fully expecting God's goodness and mercy to follow him, to help him, to prevail, to help him be victorious. That's a wise confession to speak often in your life. So let us continue now again, backing up just a little bit though, but continuing the story of David's great victory. Picking up now, uh, picking, picking up at verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about, and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you your come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. 
Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him, and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road to Shearim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. So the king said, Inquire whose son this young man is. Then, as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you, young man? So David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse the Bethlehemite. Verses 1 through 58, 1 Samuel chapter 17. You're listening to the Hour of Intercessions today. We're looking at the topic specifically, living a life of great expectation. And again, 1 Samuel chapter 17 is a powerful chapter, a great chapter to read often to both strengthen your faith and to remind you how to put your faith to work. Note some of the specific things David did. Now, David knew God and trusted God. In fact, the Word of God lets us know David was a man after God's own heart. One of the things we know about David is David was a great man of prayer, and we see many of his prayers reflected throughout the book of Psalms. In fact, about half of the Psalms King David wrote. So we learn from Psalms that he was a great man of prayer, a man of worship, a man that sought the Lord faithfully and consistently in his life and his lifestyle. And, of course, as we seek God in his Word, That's one of the ways whereby our faith can grow and grow strong. In fact, the Word of God tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Do you want to build your faith? Do you want to strengthen and nourish your faith? Get into the Word of God every day. Spend time reading and meditating on God's Word and learn the promises found in God's Word and learn to not only read and meditate on them, speak the promises of God over your life often. Note specifically, that David knew God, and also he expected God to fully keep his word. Also, he had a history with God, a history of trusting God. As he uh, spoke with Saul, he was reminded, he was telling Saul of how that he had trusted God to help him overcome the lion and the bear. He'd had battles before, battles against wild beasts, and he had defeated them through trusting his heavenly Father. And, in, and David fully expected that the same God that helped him to defeat the lion the same God that helped him to defeat the bear, would help him to defeat the Philistine named Goliath. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. David lived a life of great expectation. He expected God to keep his word. And a very important, some of the very important truths and lessons you and I need to learn is that we, too, too need to live in such a way that we expect God is going to keep his word. You know, Psalm 23 begins with the words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How wise it is for us to speak that promise and say, God, you're my provider, and I'm trusting you to supply my needs so that I won't be in want. I'm standing on your word. 
how important it is that we do just that. So let's be faithful hearers and doers of God's Word, and let's learn to be believers that are daily reading the Word of God and believing and standing on the promises found in God's Word as well. So we need to act like God's Word is true, to believe that what God has said, He's going to do it. That's one of the ways whereby we live a life of great expectation. Father, move in our hearts in such a way that daily we'll grow in our understanding of the importance of us putting our faith to work every single day. Guide us and help us to grow in our understanding of how to put our faith to work and help us to live a life of great expectation, a life where we're reading your word and believing that you meant what you said, that you weren't just putting filler in your word, but you were giving us promises and truths that we can stand on and fully expect that you would keep your word. Thank you for the fact that your word is the sword of the Spirit. It's the most powerful weapon in the world, and as we put it to use in our lives, as we battle with your word by reading and meditating on your word, by speaking your word, by standing on your word, by trusting your word, more and more you will teach us and help us to be victorious warriors on the battlefield of life each and every day. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, you're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we've been looking today at the topic, Living a Life of Great Expectation. Remember that the Bible word hope is, is a very important word. Sometimes people, I think, think of hope as being a word that means basically kind of a weak wish, something that you're desiring will come to pass. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But that's not a correct understanding of the Bible definition of hope. A biblical understanding and definition of hope is hope is expectation. Hope is fully expecting God to keep his word. And so you and I are to live daily in the hope of God's word, trusting his word, standing on his word, believing his word. What a blessing it is for us to be able to do just that. Well, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day, a great day to be saved. This is one way whereby you can begin to put faith into work in your life. And this very important step, of course, is putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, to make you brand new. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer with me to commit your heart and your whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Simply pray this prayer with me now if you wish to do that. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so very much that you came into this world a long, long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong things I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrongs that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you would have me to be. In the Bible, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Spirit. Help me to faithfully follow you all my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to be in touch with you. 
My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and resources. They're going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important that you grow. And these are discipleship resources that will help you do just that. Again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Father, thank you again for every single listener. Lord, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of prayer. Anoint us all afresh with the spirit of praise, worship, and thanksgiving. And Lord, help us to grow in our understanding of the need for us to be believers that move and walk in faith every day. You told us in your word, the just shall live by faith. Help us to faithfully do that each and every day. Teach us, train us, and again, help us to stay in the school of faith all our life and never graduate. Thank you for the opportunity to do just that. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, today we've been looking at the topic, Living a Life of Great Expectation. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.